Hi guys, Editing Ash and G here. We are so, so, so sorry, but there is a tiny, minuscule, minuscule echo at the 7 and 15 minute mark. I hope this doesn't spoil your listening experience. And, you know, this podcast is written, produced, everything directed by the three of us. And we do have a really tight turnaround. So I, I hope that you understand and it doesn't spoil anything for you. So as always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Drinks at Dana's. I'm Ash and I'm here with my lovely friends from the L Word Online, Chris and Jess. Hello. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. Still in lockdown. (laughs) Everyone's going to be tired of hearing me say that, but we're still in lockdown. Lockdown the whole season. (laughs) We're the only ones in the world apparently with any sense. So, you know, (laughs) stay in your house. It's a pandemic. Jess, yeah, don't watch American <laughs> news. I was going to say that sounds like an American sigh. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they're using Australia as a cautionary tale right now, I can't. I know. Even. Don't I be even. like communist Australia. <sighs> well, this week we are going to be reviewing episode nine, "Last Dance," and this also has been called the prom episode well it's more of a pre-prom so we're going to be going over the episode and giving you our thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. has anyone else noticed that this episode was only 50 minutes long that was the very first thing i noticed because i was like aren't they usually like almost either an hour or a little bit even over an hour makes me wonder like hmm did things get chopped out i wonder and this is the penultimate episode the penultimate episode we we need those 10 minutes so we start off the episode with the one and only bet porter going to the cac it's season one of the og all over again and so There's a big protest at the CAC, still over the Nunez Foundation donating the money and the wing, and Bet, Pippa, and all the artists and other supporters are there trying to get Nunez taken off the CAC. I just don't get it because I'm like, if it was me, I'm like, okay, so the actual company itself might be evil, but hello, it's one of your good friends. I would like to say that Danny might be one of her good friends who is now in charge of it and running it. And you're essentially hurting that person. And like, I don't understand like how she's so cold about it. She's all like, yeah, like take him down. I'm like, mm, you're, essentially you're t- saying take down Danny. Yeah. Cause they're not protesting like a, company it's it's not a company name they're yelling it's like her personal name that the protesters are you know yelling all all, spewing all this like vitriol about Mm -hmm. like no you know i just i just think that bet is like she's got her feelings about kit very much wrapped up in this and then like it's messy as well because of her feelings for pippa and like pippa's work and then it being i mean i think we're supposed to think that it's pippa's like first show in a while or like show with her face out there because she had that show where bet and Gigi went 
Pride. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that it's just all wrapped up there. But uh, yeah, I was hoping for a little bit more like compassion because, like as you said, it was her friend Danny, and like Danny is like so much younger than her and and you know bet knows she sees her as a mentor and there's like this new role that's really difficult been thrust upon danny and like i i don't know when whenever you you know like there's those younger people who are like mentees to you and come to you for things like i am always like way more giving of my time and things like that trying to explain and like teach them something because i know that maybe they've never come across it before and and like here like this is a huge thing where they're protesting danny personally and she's been the ceo for what like a couple of weeks yeah Yep. I don't know. A lot of the protest also seems to surround specifically like um, black artists. I don't know if that's like what the show was about, but it's not all, it's also not like this is a white, like, yeah, it's a wealthy family, possibly out of touch, but uh, I don't know the whole people of color protesting against another person of color also kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I don't know. Cause they were saying stuff about how it's like marginalizing the black artists or something, but I'm like, okay, well, Danny's a minority also. Mm. Yeah. I did think that too. I mean, you can see, I guess <sighs> you you can see it a little bit from both sides. I mean, I definitely feel bad for Danny and think that it's a crappy friend thing for Bet to do to her. Um, but then I also, you could see it from Bet's perspective. Like Danny should have asked her or mentioned it or something <laughs> that you wanted to donate a whole bunch of money to like because it's specifically not because oh i love the arts and i want to support you know artists of color it was a pr stunt essentially that's what danny and you know danny's a pr person she wanted to put her name out there to get it on something good to get good favor so it wasn't like she did it with altruistic intent so not that I think, you know, you shouldn't have to ask your friends, like, hey, do you mind if I donate a buttload of money to this thing? But there was definitely, I don't like the communication. You'd think that they could have worked something out. It's the whole throwing this massive protest against Danny just did seem really rude to me. Yeah. And I don't know, like, maybe I just hold a grudge more than other people. I don't know how you come back from that as, like, a friend yeah i can't no no i would be a bit like yeah be like bye bet see you later yeah like okay you don't respect me and you actually like attack like, organize uh, yeah, an attack yeah, against like, me actively like went against something that i did like yeah full i well can't see anyone else doing that yeah. like um i mean i almost expected tina to blatantly call bet out about that like isn't danny your friend <laughs> yeah about it and tina would have never like if they were together at the time there is no way i mean tina would have been like 
bringing cookies over like let me apologize <laughs> for Matt's behavior yeah, yeah. I didn't know she was going to do this ahead of time you know what I mean uh, Tina apologizing for Matt's behavior is also the theme of the L word <laughs> I mean I'm just saying none of Danny's other friends would have done like no one else in this lesbian group would have done this this is classic like Bette Porter. Pers- personally destroyed your entire career yeah. <laughs> and reputation right exactly thing about like i wouldn't want to go up against you like you're so good at fighting for people but i wouldn't want to go against you and it's like uh yeah i wouldn't want to be as a friend to be yeah if she treats her friends like this how would she treat her oh, enemies God. yeah this is a classic um Bet behaving this way and then you know Shane and Alice looking at each other <laughs> making their faces like <sighs> yeah she's at it again yeah <sighs> she's so excited about it too because oh my god that she's it works crying about it yeah you know? she's like... by the end of the episode we find that the protest worked and Bet wins this round Danny's money mm. wasn't strong enough to talk, even though she said it was what, like a quarter of their yearly endowment or budget or something. Yeah, it yeah, it sounds like it was a. I think she said yeah. years. It, it's it's. Didn't she say they'll they'll be still using the money generations? From- yeah, yeah. Like, that seems like a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like it's not the end of the story. at least wins this round so we presume pippa and all the other artists artwork is going back in the cac but not under the same not the wings just going to be named something else (laughs) or named nothing i guess quarter wing (laughs) no and not unless she gives them a buttload of money (laughs) will the season end with another cac what was that premiere event or something like a a gallery opening yeah oh probably knowing our luck (laughs) (laughs) vacations 2.0 that actually was brought to tears she was i know She's a little too touched up, Phil. Like I was surprised they did didn't cry when Tina left you, but yeah, you I was gonna say yeah, you. like she doesn't cry over the important stuff, but she cries over art and like <laughs> randomly winning protests. Yeah, that's a really good point because remember, like a, a, in the original, I think Tina used to say or something something about like oh you have you don't you haven't cried or you haven't cried with me, and then. But with with R, it's like the floodgates open, and it was surprised. And we have seen her letting her her kind of bet guard really down with Pippa, which is so unusual because previously you only saw that with Tina. Like even with Jody, she she always kind of had that you know layer of protection still up, and we really actually we really only seen we really only saw her take that down towards like the end of season five season six of the original like in the beginning she didn't even do that with tina so yeah so basically alice in this episode half of half of alice's role in this episode is to do a lot of over the phone interviews (laughs) about her new book um so 
And I felt it was a she had a her role this episode was reminding everyone again that she's bisexual. <laughs> right. Yeah. So she's like for everyone that either didn't know or or wasn't listening the first time around. <laughs> right. She actually still is and always was bisexual. Right. So in the first the first interviewer asks her about Nat because she writes about that relationship in the book and then also asks about who she's seeing now and Alice kind of freezes. Um, she doesn't really know. She doesn't say anything. And uh, the interviewer wants to know like, Ooh, who's the lucky lady. And so Alice is kind of like, Oh, right. They expect me to be with a woman. And I'm like, they keep talking about maybe, maybe you'll talk about this in the second book. And I'm like, second book? It's an autobiography. <laughs> like, yeah, like a, a sequel to my life. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? what they expect her to like do an update next year. <laughs> like, maybe. Like, it's a, it's a little but odd. also, I was like thinking, I was like, how invasive are these reporters? Like, you don't see, you know, people like Brad Pitt and whatever being like, oh, who are you currently dating? Like no one, no one celebrity yeah, wise gets like asked. No, no question. Yeah, you don't no. get asked about their. Per you don't don't ask personal questions about their life, and they're like, "Oh, so who are you seeing now?" It's like, well, it's none of your business. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, seriously, Alice should have like a publicist or like a manager or someone, like an agent, yeah. someone who's organizing these. I feel like it was just know Sophie. what they can and can't ask. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that happens a few times, and Alice sort of struggles with that throughout the episode of whether she's supposed to talk about it or not. So, and she even asks Bet for advice <laughs> <laughs> and then blames her. There should be another book. You're the problem. There should be another book. There should be another book that comes out called don't ask Bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Alice blames the capital L lesbians for yeah. hating on the bisexuals so much that, <laughs> which is um, partly true. Yeah. Yeah. The like, yeah, pick a pick a team. Or what did yeah. she say? Oh uh, yeah. Lesno uh, by by <laughs> what was it? By, by now. By now, gay Les later. I was like, can't even get it right. But yeah, so <laughs> Bet says something about it being so twenty years ago because I think it was a line from the first series of the Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people she's kind of getting mixed signals as in some people are like oh no one cares we're over that like angie she's like no one cares okay <laughs> but all these interviewers she's talking to some of them also seem to be older they're very and they're probably from like lesbian queer publications or something and they talk about her being a lesbian icon and whatnot which yeah this is all true and she's kind of pigeonholed herself that way a little yeah, bit because she really should have been correcting them at that time going like actually i'm not lesbian i'm bisexual she's, right but she's been leaning into the lesbian label <laughs> yeah, yeah, her yeah. entire public career very yeah. public career well i mean that's what her show kind of leans on yeah so now you can see she has some like app apprehension about it but i was very i was actually pleasantly surprised that by the end of the episode by the final interview she does come clean we see more honesty from alice so I, I think people will be um hopefully very happy to see that tina is back in this episode and for like the entire episode too. this is a I mean, lot yeah, she's like, around a lot yeah yeah 
multiple scenes in this episode. And the first time we see her is she and Bet are um, joining the Angie <laughs> as she waits to meet Marcus. Oh, that's right. I was going, yeah, never mind. I was thinking of them in the kitchen, chopping the yeah, carrots. Yeah, that's later. <laughs> it was interesting to see Bet and Tina together in like a parental role, parenting mode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to see them work together, I feel like, I mean, we actually got a bit of insight into Bet and Tina, and maybe the end of their relationship and stuff here. I mean, because for a good portion of the episode, Tina seemed quite annoyed with Bet. So I felt like um, Tina was trying to pick a fight with Bet this whole entire time. Like she was like poking her, like she's like a sleeping bear, and she's like meh, meh, meh. <laughs> like because I I think that Tina is annoyed that she ha- still has like I don't know what like feeling whatever for Bet, and it's like it's not Bet's fault and that's where the whole carry thing comes in too because yes i don't maybe agree with the way bet went about this but as i said in in our episode seven like i don't think bet did anything wrong like she does not have to be best friends with her ex's fiance doesn't but i think it was just her delivery that wrong yeah yeah but then the the thing where I think about the this episode and like there was a lot of Tina and, and Bet and Tina and I think that you kind of saw the original like true characters for what they are and like what makes them tick but also I think that this episode really highlighted like how they have maybe grown and like evolved a little bit and when the thing where I thought was super specific was in the scene where they talk about the hospital and Tina says like did you fight hard enough for her and Bet's like did I make them bleed no because Bet is usually that person who like stands up for what she believes in and she's very convincing and she's a seller and all this stuff but maybe she was a little bit harder in the original and I think that because she was able to step back and say like oh this woman is really going through something terrible and her husband's dying and kind of look at it with a bit more humanity a bit more of like the way Tina would look at it and then with Tina before she just would have been like oh whatever you say bet but now she's like no you need to stand up for her and so I think that you you just saw them as after effects of their relationship and how they're like bringing out little things in themselves or in each other that they have in themselves where like bet has a bit more of like tina's i don't want to say humanity but like generous heart and then with bet like she was able to bring out in tina like a bit more of that fire and like passion and standing up for what you believe in and people you love well because angie also said that bet didn't fight for her so it's pretty telling that angie and tina the people who are closest to bet expect mama bear to come out if someone tells angie no and bet's just like oh okay and so i mean they kind of pointed out that oh did you really you just you never wanted her to meet him this whole time. 
Mm. So did you back down because you didn't want to make a scene in a hospital in a sensitive environment or because you never really wanted Angie to meet him in the first place? So that's what I, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was an easy out. Yeah, that's what I like. They were like, oh, we don't like he doesn't want to see her. And she's like, oh, OK, cool. Like, that's why I feel like for me that that's why she was so easy to backed out so easily because she was against it at the beginning. Like, actually didn't want Angie to meet him. Mm, see, I didn't I didn't think that. I was thinking that, the, like, she was a little bit growing and evolved or whatever, but maybe not. You're better yeah, apologists yeah. coming out against Yeah, you. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could be right, I don't know. Whatever is the truth there that I'm sure we won't know, but um, it causes Angie to be upset with both Bet and Tina for the majority of the episode. Yeah, she was pissed. Mm. So, yeah, her emotions are running high. And then, and now you have prom and they're having a pre-party at Angie's house. Why is everyone at their house, though? I don't understand. What's going on? Is this an American thing? Oh, yeah, we used to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I had real prom in the U.S. I was prom queen, actually. Um, (gasps) (laughs) Let's be a prom queen with a... Prom queen? With a hot femme date, and <laughs> I, yeah, we ha- I have like pictures with my prom date of like us. I feel like at some point you need to get that out. Holding hands, and <laughs> like, two other like friends who are straight pretend that they were a, a couple. So there's like a four picture of like these two <laughs> two couples, and I have like this little tiara and like sash on. <laughs> but my prom over here in the UK, like because you're, you know, le- like it's legal. We had open bars, so everyone was like absolutely <laughs> smashed. Open bar! Oh my god! Can you imagine the US? I'm like, jeez, are you that much younger than us that like it was cool for you to be a lesbian in high school? Because it's so not cool. I, oh yeah, I it wasn't cool for me. Now in high school, what the fuck? Literally, okay, real, real fast personal dive here my I went to high school I graduated in 2006 and I dated my first girlfriend for like three or four years and my like main opponent in high school was Kaylee McEnany who's now what was press secretary for Trump and we literally used to like debate each other and it was my girlfriend my best friend Aaron who's so straight and so is her mom but they are the biggest Elward fans and the biggest bet porter shippers that are obsessed <laughs> with that her mom has the biggest crush on that and in high school like the first bit like we were just best friends and then it was like okay you know I have accepted that you know, I told myself for a while, like, oh, it's just her, blah, 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 because my first girlfriend was was uh, super hot. And then I, like, came out, and I was at an all-girls school. There was 86 of us. And over that time, there was, like, about 12 other girls who came out over the course of, like, university and stuff. And school. <laughs> That'll do it. the nuns told me that, Although she was really glad that all these Americans got to meet like someone from somewhere else, and like I had brought in some 
perspective and things that she basically was like blaming me for the lesbian revolution and was glad to see the back of me and yeah then I I've always been out and my youngest sister they but my sisters went to the same school and my youngest sister she is like the only straight person in her friend group and all like when I was in university I came back one year and her friends were over and they were like 15 16 and they were all out and like dating each other and stuff and one Mimi of Elwood yeah like one of them said to me she's like you know what like when I was a freshman and you were like at the prom and with a girl and and prom queen and all this stuff that it like really made me able to kind of say hey like it's no different that she's dating a woman and like it seems to be fine and you know you seem to have still friends and was like you know going to work oh you're a role model (laughs) really nice I know that's probably like really tooting my own horn but um, (laughs) that really that was like one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me that like you yeah. paved the way that's why people seeing stuff like the, even like this television show is so important because you have to have some representation in the world be it some crazy person <laughs> who's a little bit older than you or whether it's the gorgeous people on the L word so yeah that was that's like definitely the coolest thing that anyone said <laughs> You paved the way. <laughs> and then, and then, in true, true L word fashion, this woman grew up, and she's still friends with my sister. And we went to Universal Studios about three Christmases ago. She brings her new girlfriend, who goes, "Ashley, I know you." And I was like, "Yeah, you look familiar." And she's like, "Oh my god, I got so drunk at that L word." screening party and you didn't even know me and you drove me home in your mini <laughs> it's like oh yeah yeah I think I remember that and she's like yeah we watched the L word together and then you you left me home <laughs> very confident <laughs> I was like yeah <laughs> so now she's married to her it's random so yeah the L word always bringing people together <laughs> So essentially, you went to had like an eighty person high school and turned like twenty percent of them gay. Yeah, I went to a high school like two thousand like people and zero that zero. you know of that you know of. Zero. <laughs> They're probably married and hiding in the closet. I mean, obviously, there were some, but definitely no one would come out in high school. No one would come out in college either. I mean, even now, like I still. There's people that, like, I kind of, like, suspected, you know, in high school. Like, they seem the type. And even now, it's, like, you try to find them on Facebook and, like, they won't either, like, they won't have any social media or, like. Oh, my God. In my high school, it's, like, this is my wife and we're choosing our donor this way. (laughs) Like, it's, like, still now, this many years later, I could maybe name, like, five people in all of, like, a 2,000-person school. I think it's like so regional or something i don't know uh, well uh, also too like I, yeah yes yeah and and the year that i moved here i moved to the u.s and started going to high school in the u.s was 2004 the year that elwood started mm-hmm. and even you know like I, literally i had never even seen 
maybe like Ross's ex-wife and friends, but only like caricatures like that. Like I, I remember watching the L word for the first time and just like seeing Bette and Tina, like two, like very normal. And well, I mean, like obviously they're stunning, but sleeping together and stuff. And I just remember being like, whoa, like, I can't believe it. That's how they do it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, oh, we don't just hold hands in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go? Did you go to to prom with with men or with boys? Or I went by myself in my tuxedo, (laughs) (laughs) but it was quite controversial just to go in tuxedo Mm. because I remember like all the girls giggling and stuff about it coming up and being like, "Oh, we have to go dress, not dress shopping." Technically, had to bring like a uh, because it was a religious school. We had to technically bring like male days but they but they like knew the deal like we were just doing this to get in the door yeah we didn't have to bring a date but they were all giggling about like having to get their dresses and how they were all getting together to go looking at the dresses and they're like are you coming and I was like uh (laughs) and I was like I don't even know if I want to go like I never went to any of the school dances or anything like that and so one of the girls convinced me by saying she would go help me pick something out and I was like yeah but I wouldn't want to wear a dress and she was like what about a tuxedo would you wear a tuxedo I was like Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so then I wore one. Now the schools seem to be to be a bit more clued up. Like, well, my I school was a public school, so they don't. They didn't oh, care. okay. Well, now the school that I went to in um, in Tampa, it's like you know, the, I think it's the number one school in Florida, and it it's you know it's obviously changed the having to bring a male date thing. Now we've had a little. <laughs> Starting well, at 11 minutes. You're in the prom. <laughs> Let's talk about the actual prom, well, pre-prom that's going on at the Porter household. Prom is like a high pressure anyway, especially if it's yeah. like your first big school dance and like teenagers and hormones. Boutonnieres and corsets and all that. And it's a lot of stress. So to have this big emotional like life thing that mm. Angie just had to go through and now she has to get all dressed up and like play nice at prom. So needless to say, the pre-prom at the parents' house is not going that smoothly. A little, yeah, a little disastrous. Mm. However, we get a little treat because we get to see Tina interacting with the OGs Yay! again. It's so cute. I love seeing them all together. Because, like, for me, it just feels like like this particular episode highlighted for me how disjointed Tina feels from the group. Like, before when all the group would come together, it kind of was like, oh, like, they never, like, 10 years hasn't even passed. And now all of a sudden Tina was like, yay, they're a part of the group again. It almost felt like she was an outsider. And I I was watching it and I was like, oh, this doesn't feel. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't feel that way at all. Long between, like, they should have started her in into the groups from the beginning. I just feel like well, they've yeah, left it too yeah. late. I mean, I would have loved that. I, but honestly, like, this, I, I know I say this every week, but this was my favorite episode. Um, <laughs> every week is your favorite episode. I, I loved the scenes with the four of them. I felt like it was like you can just feel or in my head. You can feel like. The chemistry and how happy they are all together and I just felt like it was the original again and maybe I'm thinking of like I'm putting the the things that they said like when Laurel Holloman was on 
Cants with Leisha and Kay and she was saying like how unique the L word set was and that's why she went back like I just felt like they were they were great together and even like the little you know like Tina had like her little scene with Shane and her little scene with Alice and yeah because like Alice and Tina were like when Bet cheated on Tina like Alice Tina went to Alice's like there in the original you know they I would say they were all even friends yeah, even but now that's why I'm saying it's so weird that bet, we haven't seen them yeah. together till now and yeah, cause yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. Bet won the friend group, and mm. they just yeah, and catch up all... with Tina once every ten years. Yeah, yeah, every time we saw Tina, it was only in the context of like Angie and Bet in like a small right. group. That's why for me, yeah. it felt disjointed when she suddenly joined the bigger group, and she was like, "I think tests. that's more semantics, though." Like because you know of Laura Holman's schedule and all that stuff. Like in an ideal world, would she have been there more? Yes, but. You know, I'll take what I can get. So yeah, but it just was it, yeah, it was just weird when she was meeting Tess for the first time. I was like, oh, you haven't met Tess? Like, <laughs> no, but I loved that whole scene. Like, I loved yeah. Alice and Tina talking, and like they're so cute talking about Shane and Tess. Like, yeah, um, gossiping about like, oh, are they together? And Alice is like, well, I don't know if Shane knows they're together. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was weird. walking holding hands, and Alice was so excited, like, oh, they know, they know. <laughs> Yeah, but it was weird because she was like, oh, finally they got together. Like, we've been waiting forever. And I'm like, have we? I'm like, have <laughs> Apparently we really? the entire group, according to the writers, has been yeah. waiting since the day Shane and Tess met for them I to know. Together. That's like, a bit of revisionist like, history there. Right, yeah. <laughs> to clue the rest of us into that. Part. I know, right? I'm like, um. <laughs> and Shane brings more alcohol, just like Alice yeah, brought alcohol. Because yeah. Beth's like, what's wrong with you? They're children. <laughs> I did love that when Alice like pulls out the vodka and like Alice's face is hilarious. And then when Bet like looks at Tina, like, and I, obviously no one can see me, <laughs> only you two can see me. But, but whenever Tina's like, I didn't ask her to bring it. Like, I just, oh, I was like, we're back. We're back in the OG. I know. <laughs> I loved it. And. <laughs> Of course, Alice is very excited because she has to tell us that she went to prom <laughs> all four years in high school. Because <laughs> people kept asking her, like, oh my God. So like, oh, yeah. Shane's like, you told me this. <laughs> well, like, it's it's funny so on brand, right? It's so on brand. Yeah. I love that the writers put that in there, that, that Alice <laughs> went to prom all four years and Shane never went. Well, it's funny because like all the episodes, Shane's like, I hate prom, I hate prom, I hate prom. And all, every single time she said it, all I can picture is her and Carmen going to the gay prom and how happy they were. Oh. Although fake happy for the photos, but still I was like, oh, gay prom. <laughs> so the, every, this this episode, I, I especially the OG scenes, I thought the, the writing and everything was was just really like you couldn't do this on any other show like this because it's so rare that that you have all these like little inside things like when Bet and Tina start fighting like Shane and Alice are oh my god they are they are the audience they are all of us <laughs> they are the writers they are everyone just over the years and they're just like we're gonna get the fuck out of here because <laughs> we know what's gonna happen they're like where's angie let's go <laughs> i did also like the um 
the Angie line where whenever she's saying about how she's like really annoyed with them and she's like and she's like that's being a bitch and mama t like will always take her side no matter what like i think that is very true to the characters too that we've seen like they no matter what else is going on like they are good parents to angie in the middle of preparing for prom angie has a bit of a meltdown bit of a panic attack i still am like not liking jordy yeah, she did I have her. Yeah. She had her sweeter moments in this episode, but she still, was being a bit of a like, dick. God. Yeah, but I think it's like, well, she's supposed to be like sixteen, seventeen, like, yeah, yeah. So she's, she's very out. excited. Yeah, she's just very excited for prom. All the kids leave to go to prom without her. Yeah, and then the the <laughs> Bettina fight starts. We could be in so many episodes now. <laughs> Um, we should have a shot every time Bet and Tina have a fight (laughs) my god you'd be dead from alcohol poisoning (laughs) and then that's when Tina's just like what did you say to Carrie (laughs) yeah she's poking the bear again with a stick yeah so obviously either Carrie's just not been herself around Tina since the last Mm. episode we saw where I think that she was intoxicated. Yeah, she she obviously hasn't said what Bet has said to her because Tina still doesn't know. Immediately from the jump here, Tina wants to know what happened. What did you tell her? And she's asking everyone. Yeah, because then Tess is like Which again is fitting. Tess is so so honest and she will tell people things that they need to know even if it's hard. Mm. And she thinks Shane should tell tina what they know about what happened with carrie and shane again true to her doesn't want to get in the middle of drama yeah even though drama always seems to what would you do what would you do if you're in shane's position i would tell yeah i would tell too the only issue she sees is like the fact that she was so like oh she was so drunk and that she she was having second second get or she was second guessing the getting married to tina but she would they didn't think to mention oh she was really really down on herself as well that's the part that would worry me right because the root of the issue here isn't which is what shane and tess seem to be talking about is like oh should we tell her that she's you know having doubts about getting married that's not Mm. the root of the issue yeah yeah that wasn't no that wasn't about it no that was maybe the last thing that she said that might be the culmination or that might be you know the the um result yeah but it's yeah but it's not the cause Mm. and the Mm. cause is what needs to be addressed here with yeah carrie and tina and bet but it's like it worries me that shane and tess didn't even see that like they were just like oh she was just really drunk and she's just having doubts about the wedding i'm like didn't you not listen to anything else she was saying right Mm. I, I would tell too because like Shane doesn't have any any loyalty to Carrie like Tina's her friend of like however many years and she knows like obviously the history and stuff so yeah I would um I would definitely say something but I just don't 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 know whether they're going with this because in the episode there was just like so many 
callbacks and moments to the OG. And then there was the scene where Vet's like, I think we should go back. And Tina's like, back to what? And it's like, not back to where? So and there's the Tibet shippers had a mini heart attack oh, at that moment yeah because it was yeah. like a weird pause and, yeah. and she was like what back to where like oh back to get- no back to what back to what that's why I was like it has to be I don't know and then there was so many other things like when Pippa showed up like Tina was jealous as hell <laughs> So. Well, it just felt weird because she was constantly like, oh, like, why can't you be happy for me and Carrie? Mm-hmm. She just seems like one of those people that's fishing for a reply. Like, she she wants to pull emotions or feelings out of Bet, but Bet's not giving her any. So she keeps, like, poking it with a stick to see, like, hey. And then eventually she, she gives in and just is direct and goes, are you still in love with me? Because she, I feel like she was trying to pry it out, like, subtly. Mm-hmm. But then eventually just was like, bam, are you in love with me? It was a bit of emotional whiplash there because the first three quarters of the episode, like you're saying, it, it was like all about Carrie, all about Tina mm-hmm. and Carrie. And, and how you said that she seemed like she was trying to pick a fight with Bet. It was like, mm-hmm. I could practically like see her rolling her eyes at like every interaction they had with each other, that she just seemed annoyed with her. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I can totally see why they broke up why their relationship didn't last you know and and watching that whole part i'm like and tina doesn't want to get back together with bet and then the last quarter of the episode (laughs) it was like oh okay this is uh this feels a little bit different now like you said the jealousy and the like the other thing is like tina knows bet so so well so all the things she was doing like she knows how vet's gonna react and like she so and she know like you have to know like when she's like and you said it just like that and vet's like i was thinking nicer like (laughs) (laughs) of course vet reacted this way it's fucking vet she actually they were actually both right in that conversation because tina was totally right to say that she knew how vet's tone yeah yeah her tone (laughs) but vet was also right when she said she was nicer than usual (laughs) (laughs) this is this is like i i just love this episode so much because i just was like oh we're back we're back but then at the end when when i mean we knew they were going to get interrupted like they had to had to be all in my first facebook group of like <laughs> what what's gonna happen next after she asks so you're still in love with me and it's like you know does she say no does she admit to her feelings and it was like someone interrupts them <laughs> it's like, i was yeah, like oh that's I, so gonna happen <laughs> i had a i had a poll in my live and and interruption won by like a lot of votes and but then i was like yeah. mm, interesting face that bet pulled right after that like a, almost like a panic being called out like <gasps> she knows which is weird because I'm like she just was making out with people people by the door, so I'm like, this is the this is the thing that that I don't get either because, like, if this is if this is where they're they're going and it is like the long road back or whatever it is, then I'm like, why did they br- like 
Pippa is the one thing that like throws this completely off for me because Bet seems like really, really into Pippa and the stuff that like, you know, we even last week, like really little things like when they were outside the CAC and Bet was like leaning on Pippa and then this episode where she was like crying and stuff like we have never seen her that way with anyone except Tina. So that and it's clear that like she you know the whole thing with her art and really likes her and, th- and everything and I know there's a lot of people who really like Bet and Pippa too so I'm also like but would they I'm sure they would like bring Vanessa Williams back for like season three or like what are they you gonna- know how what they're gonna do they're gonna like totally have Bet B going to the airport and Pippa is waiting for one flight and Tina's waiting to go back on her flight and she's going to be running through the airport and we won't know who she picks. <laughs> I did say I think there was going to be a wedding in the next episode. Well, maybe not a wedding, but a build up to a wedding in the next episode. Well, I feel like there's something to do in the airport. In the yeah, I, that's uh, in my prediction video I said about an airport too because they did film in an airport. Well, uh, yeah, right at the end they filmed yeah. at an airport. But I think it's Alice that's on the plane, but... Uh, yeah I and then I'm like they don't you know like where would they I don't know season three like what what do you do then because obviously they're not gonna like get them back together in one episode but then like lay out some ideas of what we would do in season three (laughs) and maybe Marge is listening and she can just like be like oh maybe I should bring Carmen back and (laughs) yeah I don't know what what's what's going on there um maybe they're they're setting up a couple of possibilities and but there has to be some some larger larger plan and then I think back to yeah I think back to the original and I'm like well it was always like Bet wanted to be with Tina but like Tina was with Henry and then when Tina finally was like oh I want to get back together then Bet was with Jody. And then we all know what happened. But I, I, I know Jennifer and Laurel have both said like they would never do that like affair thing again. So I don't know what's what's what they're doing. I guess that limits the storylines they can give them. Yeah, it'd have to be like a clean <laughs> break. <laughs> and then Leisha and Kate were talking about bringing Rosie back for season three. So, so that means their storyline must be open ended still. Mm. Well, judging by next week's trailer. Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's going to be cliffhangers. In the in the trailer for next week, like a Bet and Tina look like they're arguing. Well, Tina looks absolutely furious. I'll take another shot at that point. <laughs> at least it would make the uh, finale more enjoyable if I had to do shots every time they... <laughs> so what, what... So with Micah and Maribel, what... Um, someone's having a birthday or... Yeah, I think it's a gram. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or mum. Someone's having a birthday. I thought it was the. I thought it was the gram. I thought she gave the balloons to the grandma, but maybe it's the grandmother. Yeah, I thought it was the mom. But I'm like, I don't even know how Sophie and Maribel are sisters. They're so 
evil to each other. Like, uh, like, yeah. like, why is Maribel such a bitch towards Sophie? I know. And, like, she just basically just outed her entire, like, like, served it out on a platter. Like, here's everything that's wrong with what's happening in Sophie's life. Of course, Sophie is going to, like, turn around and be like, actually, you can talk. <laughs> like, what's happening here with Micah sitting right next to you? Yeah, that yeah, was rude. In the first season, they were, like, pretty close. But I think, like, Mary Bell really didn't like the whole cheating thing. Because, remember, she said it was, like, what the dad did to the mom. So I think that maybe she doesn't like the decisions Sophie's been making. That could be. I don't know. They they kind of dropped that. They never really did a line about that again or anything. I didn't even think about it. But it was Mm. a super awkward family dinner. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, from the get-go, uh, their mom is, you know, t- being a mom, really. <laughs> Moms yeah. Yeah. are always the annoying, like, why aren't you dating? I know better. <laughs> I know what's best for you. Like, trying to give advice where it's not wanted. But poor Micah just standing there, like, I didn't know. I just prepare my love for you? And, like, I don't even rate as your boyfriend i know i was like why is he i don't understand I, I seriously don't understand why he went back to her after hot doctor when um. like it's like she's so rude and indifferent and like the mom's like oh you know he's he's like oh does your mom even know we're dating and she's like no not at all like she's <laughs> like no explanation no nothing yeah. just like no like um okay I would feel quite bad after that and then the next scene they're like trying to pick what to watch on netflix and i'm like really after all that like yeah he well, basically, and, after basically she, and then she gets called she, out. Well, like you said, after she totally calls out all of Sophie's shit at, around the table, which was uncalled for, mm-hmm. like, no one needed to know that information, really. Especially not just, the judgmental family. Right. I mean, it was sort of an either or. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's obviously, that's what Sophie's dealing with today. And it's affecting her. And she should be able to talk about it if she wants to, but it's also not really information that her family mm. needs to know. So if she wants to keep it to herself for now, yeah. especially because we don't really know what's happening, it's up in the air. Her situation's up in the air right now. Yeah. But Maribel like forces it out on the table as if it as like, oh, Sophie, you don't get to keep secrets. I get to tell the family everything and then gets so pissed. Mm-hmm. When Sophie tells the family about Micah, which I feel is more something that they should know, especially since he's mm. sitting right there and people are asking him about what boy he's going to date next. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't understand why the mom did the sign of the cross when she finds out that they're dating. Like, what was up with that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, is Micah that bad? For like, I don't understand why was she like, oh, he's the devil. <laughs> I don't know. Also. Did, do any of you speak Spanish? Do you know what yeah. is said? Because yeah. I don't know yeah, what they yeah. were saying. Oh, uh, uh, well, she's. Well, when I, I didn't pay attention to most of the whole argument, but the very last line is, I love him, which is why. Which again, they all got. So- she said things about to, to the mum about Micah that, like, she would never say to his face, like, positive things. So I. Um, yeah i i don't know why they're not like i uh, um grew up like around like a lot of spanish speaking and and spent time like living in the the dominican republic so like my spanish was really good i taught in an orphanage in the dominican republic so like nobody else spoke english so i had to learn spanish like there was no choice and then that opened up a whole other dating pool of people (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, they, I don't know why they're not putting the translations on the screen. Like the same thing with the, like I do not speak Farsi, <laughs> but yeah. Maybe they just don't want the audience, the regular audience to know what's being. And then I was like, maybe, maybe it's something like about immersing people in it, or maybe there's something where, like, I tried to look up reasons why they wouldn't put the translation on, and there was none that I was like, oh, this must be why. Or maybe it's. No, I've seen it with certain projects, and I think it's mm. like a intentional, like, we're not catering yeah. to the white english speaking audience like as yeah as if that's the vibe i got just expect people to like uh make concessions for mm. the english speakers like oh everyone should speak english you know it's kind of how yeah. we treat it as if well i assume it's like as if if we're like we as the audience are like just sit happen to be sitting there like micah and we have no idea what's being said like i feel like that's the vibe they were going mm. for but i think it's more the the there's a just knowing the well not knowing but like my impression that i have of the writer's room and the people associated with the show i am i would think as me like it is an intentional decision whereas another show i would be like oh maybe you know maybe something silly as they they didn't have time or something but this feels like a conscious decision by this writer's room exactly like what jess said where it's not because if you're like again i didn't know what they were saying in farsi so i went and i i looked it up and i found someone through my channel that was like i am a farsi speaker and and they translated it for me and they said they would so i went through those extra hoops that i definitely wouldn't have if the translation was right there on the screen so maybe it's i found the that. same thing when i was watching um vida which is like, you know, mm. set with mostly Spanish speaking people. And after, by the end of the season, you know, you start to pick up on words and things that they use constantly. And you're like, oh, now I know what that means. But yeah, they didn't have any subtitles when they were speaking Spanish either. Hi guys, editing Ash here. I think I may have solved this while I was editing. I was thinking about the fact that the showrunner, Marja Lewis Ryan, is a playwright. She's from like a background from more theater than television writing so i think that most people with that sort of background don't do subtitles because obviously in a play you wouldn't be able to do subtitles so maybe that's the answer and i will find out for sure because i am getting to speak to her next friday after the finale so this is going to be one of my questions for sure all right back to the show but yeah so that's why Micah was like teasing her at the end of like i know these spanish words like leading up to like i know the word amor but so when she says oh yeah uh, yo le amo like i love him he's kind of teasing her like oh i know you know i know what you said i know you said you love me but <laughs> and again i still don't understand how they've said i love you already like <laughs> I know. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, that frustrates me too. And I'm like, Micah, especially earlier when I felt like she was being really rude towards mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. um, and like, it, it, trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, it makes sense the way that her mom was like, oh, we know you'll never have to worry about, you know, 
dating problems. Like, rude. But first, oh. but I and, and also like, I'm like, okay, Maribel's dated more than anyone else. Well, on I was the gonna show say, I wonder like, if that's, <laughs> but I wonder if that's what's triggered her to, to be a serial dater because her mom mm. kept saying, well, you, you're never going to be dateable. So right. then, as compensation, she goes out and dates everyone. Yeah, it just seemed odd to me that her mom mm. didn't know that she was. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you do you think she lives there with the the mom and the grandma? No, no, she's like she's like a lawyer, like. Yeah, but she could still live there. I mean, I don't no, know. No, she has her own so, place. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure she does. I mean, isn't that where they are at the end? <laughs> well, like your uh, Bet and Tina drink bottle. Oh, thanks. It's from my merch store. <laughs> Go and buy some things from. Link in the description. <laughs> This will be the snippet we use for our little weekly <laughs> soundbite. <laughs> Buy Ash's merch. And join my Patreon. <laughs> because Showtime keep copyright striking my fucking ass. <laughs> Poor Ash is going to be starving on the street soon. <laughs> You'll have to like go tell. Help support Ash. <laughs> Miss G. <laughs> Miss G can't be on the street. She needs fans. She cannot be on the streets. She she is a kept woman. <laughs> <laughs> William, what about your favorite couple, Ash? Oh, my loves. I can't believe we haven't talked about them yet. I've been saving the best for last. Yep. And uh, because this morning when we were, well, when I woke up this morning at <laughs> 4 a.m., I thought I was still asleep because the- <laughs> You thought you were dreaming. The watch party at Henrietta Hudson's this week had some special guests. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they did. A genie in real life. <laughs> so- that we don't get too much of of genie in this Posted episode. Posted it in the story of Elwood online if you care to have a look. <laughs> Link in the description. <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm hoping that there there's going to be a lot more of them in the finale because it looks like like all Danny's dad stuff happening, and I'm sure Gigi's going to be there. Yeah, because Gigi stands by her woman. And that, yeah, they were so cute in this episode. Uh, like, I, the one thing that when they're having the, like, fruit outside, I love how Bet was such a <coughs> to Gigi. And Gigi, and she's being awful to Danny, but Gigi does not go there. Like, she does not trash Bet. She does not say anything bad. And... Uh, she's just oh Gigi is is just the best character and then when they I loved when they later like in the evening when they're having the scene in Danny's apartment and Gigi is just she is so as she says you know she was married to a therapist she's very calm yeah and she just lays out exactly like the issue and why she's not taking that and exactly like you know she's going to be there for and everything and then they have the cute little hug and she's like you're prickly i loved when she said yeah yeah you're you're so prickly prickly when you're angry (laughs) you're you're sad sad (gasps) yeah they are funny because like she basically catches her in a lie 
And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh my god, Danny's pathetic like reply of like, oh, I'm sure there's traffic somewhere. It's <sighs> I was like, oh my god, like that would have got her into trouble. I think with like someone like Sophie or someone would have just started mm. yelling. Whereas, yeah, Gigi's very calm and like is like, well, are you trying to hurt me? Like, why are you doing this? Like, and then works it way yeah. through like a like a therapist would, <laughs> which is quite funny. Yeah. But yeah. I I was very surprised that they, like, Danny's, like, already meeting her kids and stuff. Or or did she meet them because she didn't actually go to them? Yeah, that's that's what I was like. Is this the first meeting? But then I was like, I don't think a recital would be, like, a first. I feel like, especially Gigi, who's, like, very, you know, knows what she's doing. Like, she would have maybe brought Danny to Nat's house like on there to or you know they've gone somewhere like a restaurant somewhere where it can be like an intimate and not you know this high I, I know it's a kid's recital but like the kid's gonna be on stage and there's all these people there and all these other people looking at them and Nat and butter so I feel like it would have the first meeting would have been like just them somewhere I mean like obviously she's gonna know the kid but it definitely I think they would have used the word meet too. Yeah, I thought it sounded like they'd maybe hung out together, but or at least she's mm. talked about them a lot. Yeah. Because Danny seemed very familiar with like, oh yeah, like, oh, I know he's playing yeah, the recorder yeah, yeah. and has a recite, you know. Yeah. It seemed like she already knew what was happening. But I have to say like their breakfast moment in the beginning, how cute was that? I didn't even know what to write it down as. The little hand twinkle. Oh, yes. yes. What, do you, what, what do you call that? Like a little hand? Know. She was making like a little gra- yeah, like a little grabbing motion. And Jess is looking at us like, did, she, did you miss it? Gigi was like this, like as if to be like, give me your hand. Yeah, give me your hand. And then Danny was like, like doing that, like rubbing her thumb on it. It's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, they are just too cute. Twinkle of like, give me a hand. Like she was just doing one of those. I was like, oh, yeah. I like, I just, yeah, I really like Gigi. Cause Danny was so pissed about bet. And like you said, for someone who bet sort of, sort of, sort of did wrong a little bit. A little. Um, yeah. That. Gigi didn't just jump on the bandwagon of like, let's be pissed a bet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Very evolved. I think Gigi's the most put together out of <laughs> all the characters on the show. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then poor Danny has to do the like uh, prep for with the lawyer to the take trial. the stand. Yeah. That, that reminded me of, of my family and my dad when it's like, oh, hi, dad. We're just saying how wonderful you are. <laughs> it's like screaming. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think this trial's going to go well. <laughs> kind of looking forward to seeing, or at least just seeing what the emotional scene is between Danny and her dad that she mentioned in the Instagram post. Mm. Oh, gosh. Will she getting... completely sell him out on the stand? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I'm like. Well, I'm like, what what happens between them that's so emotional that they had to like go off set and like have a relaxing photo shoot because they had to like unwind because it was so intense. Mm-hmm. I really like. I keep going back and forth about what I think is going to happen with with the dad because I mean, like, if the you know we look at the world like rich people get away with like actual crime all the time so it would be fitting that the 
he gets away with it because he's so wealthy but then also it's like you know does it doesn't make it more interesting and then because the company like Danny was already saying oh it's going to be ruined if they take their name off the thing and they did and then if something happens with the dad yeah like what if what if the this destroys the company and then it's like next season Danny's like out on on her own working girl zooming across the screen on one of those scooters personality transplant of like i don't know i've been rich my entire life and now i don't yeah. know what to do i'm a new common folk speaking of helena help. where is she is she like, we have one episode where know. she can still come back maybe maybe she's not coming back maybe they're just like jokes on us or we'll she's back in, in the- season three to teach danny how to be a poor girl she's in the missing 10 minutes that ended up in the vortex yeah that's my theory that's my theory because we were right she was back they just cut it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean it's 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 it could go either way whether Danny keeps kind of threatening to sell him out, you know, because she doesn't she doesn't even believe him half the time, but it's her father and she doesn't have other people yeah, that's in her, her life. Yeah, that's her and he's family. not like a complete heartless bastard. I mean, he loves yeah, her. He loves her, yeah. 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 So I mean, it's a lot easier to turn on your family if they don't care about you and, mm. you know, if they are like honestly terrible people he's just like normal <laughs> like rich person terrible he's not doesn't... yeah normal rich person terrible. as far as we know as far as we know finley oh poor finley poor finley finley the finley's been missing for most of the episode and we don't find out like sophie's running around like crazy calling everyone which is weird because like I feel like Finley's been missing in the past and she hasn't freaked out. It's only been like, what, like 12 hours or something since they had the fight and she can't find her or call her. Mm. When she calls the cop, she says, I think, 36 hours. Like, as the episode's gone on, you know? That's like, what, a day and a, and a bit? Yeah, a day and a half. Or is that, is that, yeah. So I'm like, mm. I feel like she would have gone off doing her own thing heaps of times. I don't feel like it's something out of character for her, but I don't know. Yeah, but she like she hasn't come home to sleep. Yeah, yeah. So obviously that that morning after that she went looking for her, thinking she was in a different bedroom in the house and she wasn't there, and so then it's been a whole another day where she didn't come home, mm-hmm. yeah, and none yeah. of the friends have seen her. So you know where would she be? So. I just find like Alice's reply was the weirdest, where she's like, "Oh, maybe her battery on her scooter died, or maybe she got lost." I was like, "What?" Yeah. Also, I'm like, are we all like as old as Alice trying to like explain what a burnt scooter is? (laughs) She's like, you know, the thing with the thing that you like you ride on. (laughs) (laughs) Sophie's like rolling her eyes, like, okay, grandma. (laughs) That's probably me. Yeah, I'm probably like that thing, you know, the stand on with the two wheels and it has a motor and you can rent them in all the cities. She's like, you know, I think you like ride it or something. Like, okay, I mean, Alice has never been on a scooter. <laughs> we know this now. But no, but now I want to see her on one. So then we find out, obviously, at the end that she's in Danny's apartment block. I wonder even how she she got in there because I'm sure a fancy building like that has like a door. I feel like she would have just lingered by the door, waiting for someone to come yeah. in or out, and just followed them in. 
but then we don't want to open that can of worms because it's like oh, where did how did she find the okay so <laughs> how did she even know what number to look for yeah maybe maybe i don't know she got the info forward danny's forwarding her mail there maybe so maybe she got the forwarded mail or something oh um, yeah or told them the address to forward the mail to for the longest time there, I was like, where is she? It's dark. It's dimly yeah. lit. Is she in a hotel? She's peeing in the corridor. I was like, is she in a in like a brothel? Is she like knocking on the door to like some friends that live in a hotel room? Like or random people, strangers she met the night before. I thought it was going to be strangers. I thought it was going to be strangers that answered the door. There or something. Like yeah, I was like. Definitely started looking worse than a bender. Like, oh, this like yeah. a drug. Yeah. Yeah. Way, like a way drug worse. Been, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, obviously, Danny opens the door. And- yeah, but I was expecting a nicer corridor for Danny's house, considering her penthouse, <laughs> like the views. But it's funny mm. how Finley makes note, like, what, like, wow, look at your place. Like, w- what were you doing in a shithole with us then? Yeah. I'm like, that's the question we were all asking. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you're here too. Oh, you're so beautiful. <laughs> like, if I was, me, so if I was drunk, yeah, I would, I would be like, oh, my God, you guys are so hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're so pretty. I would be, like, touching their face and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's. Some more accuracy from the writer's room there. Yeah, yeah. drunken Finley going, you're both so beautiful. (laughs) That, like, that obviously was, like, you know, funny and cute. And then the scene is just, like, so, so sad. Like, you can, like, just Danny and Gigi's faces, like... Well, you can tell they're taking it seriously because they're not, like... Danny's not her usual, like, fuck off kind of vibe. She's yeah. more of like, are you okay? What's happening? And they don't even like say any that you know, when Sophie comes, it's like they don't even have the heart. Like, well, I, I don't think Gigi would do this, but uh, Danny doesn't even have the, you know, sort of venom that she normally do- like justifiably does to Sophie. But it's like obvious that they just feel really, really bad for, for Finley because it's, you know, plain as day that she has a problem. Yeah, this is obviously way drunker than anyone has ever seen her. And they mm-hmm. don't treat it even as casually as, like, they treated Carrie, which I thought they were too casual with with yeah. her. But they definitely treated Carrie as, like, oh, this is a one-off. She was feeling bad about herself, so she drank too much. This is obviously a different beast right now, what we're seeing mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. with Finley. And everyone notices it immediately. Well, I'm kind of hoping, here's my theory, hear me out, <laughs> that they know there's going to be a seat or they knew that there was going to be a season three already at the beginning of season two. And so how, how we were talking earlier about how we were expecting to see like Sophie's background and religion and dad and family, maybe they, they, they did find out early they were going to have a season three and they've kept that for season three to be more of a deeper dive. And so this is maybe like just the lead up to that of like maybe why she is the way she is or why she's acting the way she's acting because there's all this because like even Tess says oh you know she's got issues she needs to deal with and so maybe in season three we'll get to find out what all the issues are and have it be more of a Finley centric season yeah and interesting that like essentially the newest member of the group Tess is the one to point out like hey Finley has real issues this isn't just like oh a fun loving like party girl she's just getting drunk for no reason she's like there's always a reason yeah it's Mm. funny because i'm like how is tess a recovering alcoholic still working in a bar 
every time I see her pouring shots and stuff, I'm like, how is that? That doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> like, I know lots of people who work in like restaurants and things in there. Just too much of a temptation because I feel like don't they tell you to stay away from alcohol in places where alcohol is served? I think it depends. Yeah, people Some people are social things. drinkers. You know, everyone drinks for different reasons or people who had a problem you know they're not all like oh social drinkers you know party kind of thing most yeah most people with with substance abuse problems like don't do it in like it's mostly like a thing that you do by yourself at home i mean that's not all cases but i think the majority of because obviously like you're not gonna do like one it's super expensive to, to sit in a place and get that obliterated and a lot of it is done at inappropriate times too like you know people who drink like all day then like what are you gonna do in the morning go to a bar and just people at like at home like it's a people are very shameful about stuff like that so they do it in private I think it definitely could be a, a trigger for some people or a lot of people, you know, would definitely want need to stay away from that environment. But I think part of tests like growing up in Vegas, like everywhere is that environment. You can't get away from it yeah. if you're in Vegas. Mm. So, you know, maybe she's learned to deal with it. We did see her slip up in season one, but yeah, they also, they always say like people, places, things in like AA and NA. So it, I think that this the situation, like say, for like tests from Vegas, and she would probably have places in Las Vegas where she would know, oh, these liquor stores are open at this time, and these like three would be the ones that she always goes to to get like her whatever she drinks, vodka or something, and or she goes to these bars before she goes home and gets obliterated. But because she's in and maybe, you know, those friends that she drinks with in Vegas or whatever, and whenever she's in California, like do you, do you remember that guy from Glee? Like he um Corey, yeah, Corey, he was like a good example of this because when he was in California like he was always clean and and didn't have any problem because he wasn't in his usual area around those usual usual people but when he would go home to Canada like that's when he would use because it was all associated with those places those people those things and it is like I mean, I'm not, you know, like you can definitely go different places and have the same problem, but they, that's why they always tell people like make it clean, as clean a break as you can from people, places, things. Mm. So we go to the prom that Angie's made it to and they, while they're showing bits of the prom, we're flashing to or going to the hospital where Bet and Tina have spoken to Marcus and he's agreed to, you know, see Angie and we see that he was like trying to protect her a bit from the fact that he was so ill and like going to die. And then as Bet and Tina are leaving, Bet stops Tina to say something we don't know what like I'm assuming answering what question she was gonna gonna answer from before because when they're talking to Marcus um when they're talking to Marcus Bet says sorry 
when they're talking to Marcus, he says, oh, I should have known, like, Bette Porter's daughter. And then Bette's like, oh, we raised her right. And there's, like, you know, cute little moment between them. And then when they're leaving, I don't know, Bette seems like she's going to answer what Tina asked, like, asked before about being in love with her. going to turn, turn to her and be like, yes, I'm in love with you still. <laughs> I'll always be in love with you. Well, that would, that would be the honest answer. But I think that... That's what all the fan fiction apparently says. I think I think that it's more likely that she was going to say about how sh- she'll love her because, like, she's the mother of her daughter or something like that. But, yeah. No, I, it's in the vortex now. It's in the vortex, yeah. There's a lot in that vortex. But, yeah, and then they pull the alarm. There's, like, a code blue going on and all the doctors and nurses rush in and then you see the doctor like looking at their watch to call time of death on Marcus. And then Bet and Tina break down. I cut to black. But, yeah, cut to black. <laughs> but like what happened to um, Angie being a donor? Like that whole storyline fell into the vortex as well. I just think that the- she was incompatible or if she even got tested, which I don't think she did. Maybe that's what's going on going on now. But I'm like, it's weird that, that it was such a big deal at the beginning of the season, then they just dropped it. Mm. Maybe, well, I, my, like, personal theory is that they're, like, now she's being tested, like, in right now as we're, as we're speaking. Because next week, there's some, like, sneak peek pictures that came out. And I didn't share, because I don't really share anything with, like, the young actors in it because like if it's just them because it just I don't and it's Angie Kayla and Georgie and they're like on swings and Angie has like a piece of paper that's like folded like three times it it looks like a like some sort of lab something it could be like getting into a university so I think it'll be like, yeah, he died, and then oh yeah, yeah. In true soap opera fashion, she's like a match. Yeah, but it's too was, late because he died. <laughs> I was hoping he would at least have time to answer some of her questions first. Yeah, since, no, yeah, they, those questions are now in the vortex. Yeah, since Bettina gave him Angie's like one of her list of questions she was writing down to ask him, and I thought, oh. I like I was sure he was gonna die. Like I thought you could see it coming like a mile away. I thought that was mm-hmm. but I, but I at least hoped that like he'd get to yeah. I didn't think it would be before I didn't think it would be before Bentina cleared the parking lot. <laughs> and then just just because uh I have to I have to say this because uh, I have to mention bookending again. And I think that you <laughs> you again see that like with Bette and Tina you're always seeing like Bette being the strong person and this like moment at the end is like when in reality although Bette is always like the strong person who it to everyone else in the world who thinks that she's like the you know badass then in this moment like it's always like bet will the bet breaks down first and like how really it's like tina who's the strong person for bet sometimes but it's like split second and then we're gone for another week <laughs> wait and 
That and was a, the, uh, yeah. The and as episode. usual, your it was your favorite episode. Yes, it was my favorite episode until next week, and then there's no more episodes. So. Next week will be your favorite episode. <sighs> the penultimate episode is done. We've only got one more left. Very upsetting. Cliffhangers, airport, wedding, Danny's dad trial. I think there's going to be a lot of people. There's a lot. Go- there's a lot going on. There's a lot to get done. Oh yeah. Um, since you're the IMDb queen, I remember seeing um an actor that's cast as Gigi's brother. Is that? Yeah. Was that this episode or was he supposed next. to be in this one or next one? It's in next the next one. one. Yeah. So that's interesting. I wonder what. Like it's weird to bring him in for the finale. Yeah, I think there's going to be something with like Gigi's family that like, or it could just be like Danny meeting the family and it's just like a dinner or something. Mm. I mean, because she's talked, you know, she's. It just seems like casual conversations between her and Danny, but she's brought up her family several times this season. Yeah, yeah. I like that they were able to get past that like lie so easily. Oh yeah, she yeah, wasn't having yeah. any of it. Yeah, she just but went was, straight uh, to the core of it. Why are you lying? Are you trying to hurt me? No. Well, then why? Exactly. I love it. That's so like she totally gets through to Danny the way that Sophie never could. Like yeah, she and Sophie, would, she and Sophie yeah. would be fighting about that yeah, days exactly. later. Mm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think like Danny was very like, oh, how do you do it? How do you get me to talk? Like yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I, I think she's not used to that. She's used to just going automatically to fight mode. Yeah. Mm. So I'm liking yeah. that a lot. And I, I do like oh, them yeah. a lot. It's just so real. It's so real between them. And, you yeah. know, the little, like, confession of part of her fear is being that her realization that Gigi is, like, the only person she has. And mm. we had been talking about that earlier this season that, like, there's... Yeah. Now that they broke up, there's no one... She has no one in her corner. Sophie won mm-hmm. all the friends, pretty much. Even Micah, because yeah. of where they live, mostly, it yeah. seems like. Um and with her father's situation and stuff it's you know we we realized that that's the only person she has and now mm-hmm. danny realizes it and that's really frightening dangerous yeah that is yeah. it's a dangerous position to put yourself in to allow yourself to be vulnerable with someone when yeah plus you fall into danger of like clinging onto them because they're the only person that right is in your life for you even if like something bad happens in the relationship, you're like, no, but you know, they're my mm. only person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, looking forward to the finale next week. Oh, I so am, but like in a way, I'm like, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want it to end. I don't want it to end because, I, and and I, normally, like, I don't do this in the podcast, but. Please, 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 if you love the L word, go make some noise on social media so that we can get a season three and a season three with 10 or maybe even more episodes. Go and make as much noise. Yeah, all all of our social medias are in the description and in the notes of the show. So please go onto our social media and like, comment, share and make make some noise for showtime go to their social media as well please leave us a good review for the podcast so we, <gasps> we would love it again next season <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 we would love to do it next season but there needs to be another season so oh they, i'm sure there will be i have no doubt that there yeah. is a season i'm very 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 confident very confident 
but we want to make sure we get as many episodes as we can. We'll ask Kate and Leisha this week, even though they'll yeah. Yeah, probably tell us unofficially, but we won't be able to tell you. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I am talking to Marsha the day of the finale too, so. Yeah. Get your questions in. <laughs> yeah. And so that was the penultimate episode of the Elwood Generation Q season two, Last Dance. And we hope that you guys enjoyed. We hope that you'll be back next week for the season finale. And we hope that you'll go and follow us on social media, check out our sites and channels. Everything is listed in the show notes and the description. Thank you as always for coming and listening to Drinks at Dana's and we'll see you back here next week for the finale. Have a great week, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. No eating plants. Naughty.